Welcome back to a weekend edition of Maniacal Music Musings. Yes, we're back on a weekend. We haven't done this in a long time, and it's always fun to do a weekend one because we're I'm more awake, which makes it better for me. But you all know me. You're a purified host, Jeremy, here in the 11th hour. I'm not a serial killer just yet. I may be the alien. I don't know. I'm working on that. But here, as always, to provide you with some great music ideas. And you all know my co-host. He's a devil in God's country. He came to take your soul as the palace burns tonight. Chancy motherfucking Grife. Hi. Every time. And of course, we cannot be maniacal without a guest. So we brought an actual musician this time, which is always the best type of shows we do is with actual musicians. And that is Fry McDunston. German guitarist and musician who has some really freaking awesome music, which we'll talk about in a minute. But first things first, how you doing today, Fry? Hey, everyone. Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Uh, so glad to be here and talk about some great music. So, yeah, uh, I think this is going to be so cool. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you. Uh, and I, with, with, everything, with everything that's going on with my dog this week, as all my followers know about, because I've been posting about it on Facebook, but... Everything's going on with the dog. I honestly haven't had a chance to like actually make up anything for the show till today. So I literally realized like three hours ago, I'm like, oh yeah, he is a musician. Like I I because Fry just filled out a form to be in the show and I emailed him and we got him on the show. I forgot to look into who he is until today because of I literally been spending every day away from home, either at work or in the hospital with my dog. So it's been a very busy couple of days. But once I heard your music today, I was like, oh my God, this is good. Like I'm like, I, I, went, I turned to my wife. I'm like, it kind of sounds like Kurt Cobain in a way almost. <laughs> and she's she like, I don't hear that. But she's like, I hear definitely like almost like a Cree type sound, which I'm like, all right, that's not bad either. Yeah. I mean, what do you think, Chancy? I don't, I, I don't necessarily see either or really. I don't see either. I don't see either of those. It's kind I, of a. There was a 90s singer it, it sounded like. I just couldn't I couldn't put the name to it. That's what it was. There's a 90s singer it sounded like, but I couldn't put the name to it. I honestly can't I can't think of anything to compare from the I, I think I got through like four to six tracks because I was went through both of them and listened to a fit like a couple three off of each one. And uh like the guitar kind of reminded me of a like some of it was almost kind of like it almost kind of felt like an Iron Maideny guitaring, whether it be like with the chugs, like you know the the triplets, and then the different like you know low end. There was like I loved how it wouldn't always stay in one section of the guitar. Like one song would be low end, and then another one would be melodically middle or high. Like it was I I liked that I liked that change of palette. Yeah, okay. I mean, it, the, 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 the guitar was amazing. Like, I, I, and the, the, the singing was great too. That was, that was the thing. Like, I'm like, I'm like, wow, this guy is a double, like a double, a double threat here. Like, he can do both. Like, it's a, it's pretty impressive. Because I mean, we've had we've had some musicians that were supposed to be on the show before, but then they back out last minute, and like they're and like we we're like, Chanchi's like, oh, I want to go on their music so hard. <laughs> like, he's like, they're not good artists. But with you, it was just like Chanchi's like. He's, he's like, it's good. I'm like, good. We both like it. That's even better. 
as my that's, dog. That's so cool, man. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah, and um, like you're definitely right about like the 90s stuff because um, like Nirvana actually hasn't really had that much of an influence, but I'm a huge grunge guy. So it's more like uh, bands like Alice in Chains uh, that did it for me and, and Soundgarden and a bit of Pearl Jam as well. And like the instrumental stuff, uh, I'm a huge fan of Joe Satriani. So uh, he's had a huge influence on, on my playing, but also uh, other guitarists like Jeff Beck, who uh, recently passed away, sadly. And yeah. also uh, like my probably my main influence on the guitar would be Slash because he's like responsible for me picking up the guitar in the first place. So it's, it's like... Uh, And I'm also a huge Led Zeppelin uh, fan, so that's why you hear so many different musical styles um, in there. Uh, like I always try, just like Zeppelin did back in the day, like to have like a funk song here, then a blues uh, blues tune there, and um, maybe some more metal stuff, and then more classic rock stuff. So um, like like uh, the versatility of like when, when I write an EP or an album. Uh, I want it to to sound as versatile as possible. Which, yeah, you can hear that. You can totally, you can totally freaking hear that. And I see. I'll get to this more when I get to my pick. But I gotta ask: Are you a fan of Nightwish? Oh no, no. I'm, I'm actually like, um, like I, I, I don't really want to bullshit you because I'm, I'm not really much of a metalhead. So like both oh, of your albums. No! We're like like outside of my comfort zone. So, um, oh, no. well, okay. I, I'm I'm glad I didn't pick Nightwish for this episode then, because <laughs> that was actually <laughs> one of my that was one of my original thoughts. But okay. then I then, then I picked my pick because I just happened to. Well, I'll get to that when I get to my CD. But so you kind of already said why you brought your CD, but yeah. you can go you can go into it a little more. What CD did you bring, and why did you bring it there, Fry? I brought. Um, Slash's Snake Pit's uh, second album, it's called Ain't Life Grand. Because um, to me, this is um, has always been a meaningful album, and um, I think this is like apart from the Guns N' Roses stuff, obviously. I think this is Slash's best work outside of that, and uh, I really dig the singer. His name is uh, Rodney Jackson. He unfortunately has always had like like issues with with heroin and, and other stuff, so he never really made it big. Like he ha he had his one chance. Um, working with Slash on that album, and after that, he kind of disappeared. Uh, but I think he has like uh, the perfect voice for this bluesy based hard rock that Slash is known for. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that. That was actually my my second pick. My first pick would have been an album by a, an English rock band called The Wild Hearts, but on that album, there. There were so many like really really long songs and i i didn't want to um like um like burn you with li listening to like a, a real long album so i picked the the snake pit one because yeah that that's actually a real 
has been a real influential album also on on my my stuff so uh i hope i hope you liked it well um chancy what do you think of slasher snake bit honestly it's kind of it's funny because like i like slash as a as a player like a guitar player um i have i've heard of the band i never actually listened to any of their albums until preparing for this episode and I noticed that it was a little difficult for me to get into. Uh, not nothing bad, like no real terrible anything about it. I noticed that on a lot of the songs, the vocals seem kind of one dimensional, mm-hmm. and that's that's really the only complaint that I had about it. Uh, so I don't quite feel quite as bad for both of us having to kind of get out of our comfort zone in our wheelhouse when he's like i'm not much of a metalhead i'm like oh fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah like yeah like um the hardest albums in my collection would be those of alice in chains and tool maybe so nice Uh, it's mostly rock Which is uh, funny because Ch- Chancey just brought Alice in Chains back on our Tuesday episode this past week. Yeah. And, oh. and he's Jar of Flies. Oh, that's my favorite EP ever. Like every song on that is perfect, and amazing. Like, yeah, I can listen to brought, that every day. He's brought two tool albums in the past as well. So, oh, yeah. yeah. Two of my four favorite albums. I like their first four. Yeah. Uh, the I mean, the other ones, they're not, they're not bad, but they just, there's, it's almost like they're lacking that pain. Yeah, yeah. The Especially first, the like first, the, the latest one. Yeah. The, yeah, the and and ten thousand and ten thousand days. Like it, they both kind of lack that. It was almost like I. It almost they almost felt like a conflation between a perfect circle and Tool. Yeah. With yeah. with those two albums there. Oh yeah. I mean, I like I liked I liked Fear Inoculum. It was it was it was pretty good. I think but, they've never uh, made a bad album, but like yeah, no, like, yeah. You said like the the first four uh, albums are like uh, something else, you know. Like they're really, really up up here, you know. Yeah, which I mean, it's funny because <laughs> the album Chancey Bro, I can't wait to get to that just for other reasons. But but I mean, I never heard of Slash's Snake Pit before this episode, like. I looked when I went to look at the band and like try to find out something to compare it to. I yeah. was like, I was like, I wonder if it's actually Slash from Guns N' Roses. And then like, as soon as I read the profile on Spotify, well, I didn't know if someone just picked that name out of like a freaking hat for their band. Like, I didn't know. Like, and like, I, I looked at the profile what? on Spotify. Pun, pun, pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> but I looked at the freaking profile on Spotify and I'm like, I'm like, the first line was like, well, after his problems with Al- Axl Rose, I was like, oh, it is him. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And but, there's um, actually like uh, two different uh, incarnations of the band. Like the, the first record, It's Five O'Clock Somewhere, was like uh, there were some uh, ex-gunners on there as well, like Gilby Clark on the rhythm guitar. And also Mike Ines from, from Alice in Chains on the bass, which is pretty cool. Yep. And um, Matt Sorum on drums. So it's it was like more like, all songs that Axel didn't want to do, so Slash uh, just started uh, like a side project uh, out of necessity, and uh, like the the first album is also great. But um, like I said, I um, I really like 
uh, like uh, right near Jackson, and so I picked the second one. Hmm. So, so Chancey, I... you would have probably then preferred uh, the first album more if you think like uh, Rod's voice is a little like uh, monot monotonous or it's 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 not that well... like. Oh. I mean, I didn't necessarily think it was monotonous. Maybe, I mean, one dimensional I kind of used as the generalized statement because okay. I mean they weren't. Okay. It wasn't like cookie cutter because like each song, like the words and how he and how he put them out fit mm -hmm. the songs mm -hmm. but it was just kind of like a there wasn't much change like as far as uh like tonality mm -hmm. or like it's it i mean to me it sounded like a 80s early 90s like rock band that's what it sounded like and that's what's yeah sound like I yeah that's what that's i mean it sounded like, uh, oh, I, I don't want to say Scorpions because his voice is unique as hell. But like, yeah. it just sound like a lot of like those a rock bands that like people get confused if they don't know who sings what song. <laughs> and it's and it's it's funny that you didn't. It's funny that you say you didn't want to bring a CD because of uh, longer tracks. Because I've made chance to listen to a twenty minute track before. So, oh yeah. yeah. I made him listen to Nightwish's greatest story ever told, and that's like a 21 minute track. So it <laughs> it's really a, is. It's, a, it's an amazing 21 minute <laughs> track, but it truly is like the definition of great music. But and that, right, Chancy, you, you liked it. You liked it. Don't lie. Um, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they go through. I so believe many you. They go through. So, they go through so many different sounds in that song, dude. Come on, you know it's amazing. But no, it it wasn't bad. I'm just joshing you. Okay, but I mean, yeah, it was. He he didn't mind it, but he doesn't love it as much as I do. But very few people love Nightwish as much as I do. So okay. it's just one of my favorite. And I, <laughs> I I I asked that because you're from Germany, and I'm like Finland's not far away. So maybe he he probably had more exposure to Nightwish than I did growing up. So. Oh no! Like like Finland is almost like an entirely different world, like compared to Germany, because they're like it's it's like really fucking cold up there, and like music wise, they're they're more into like black metal and, yep. and all that that real evil stuff, you know. And um, it's it like people over up there are actually like really really depressed because of like the darkness and and the cold weather. So it's it's it's. Very different, different from from Germany. Yeah, I guess. I mean, oh no, it's definitely different. I, oh, I mean, yeah. I've been to I, I've been to Germany. It it's it's definitely different than Finland. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. And I mean, sure, even yeah. in, in Germany here, we like if you go to Bavaria, it's completely different from where I live yep. or uh, from from the north. So even though if like even though Europe is not as like huge as as the U.S. Um, it's still also like very, very like a versatile, diverse continent yes. and diverse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. I, I get. I understand that one hundred percent. It's just. I mean, I don't know. I figured you'd have more exposure to a European band than I would. Like until like because I didn't discover them until way after they started. Because yeah, I mean, I I discovered them randomly. Really, that's on like uh, LimeWire back in the day. But <laughs> it's just the way it goes. But. As far as Slash of Snake Pit goes, I, I enjoyed it. Like, overall, I enjoyed it. it was, I wouldn't say something I would listen to, like, on a daily basis. But mm -hmm. I definitely enjoyed it. It sounded like a, it's, like I said, it sounded like an Asian rock band, which I love a lot of Asian rock bands. So I'm not, mm -hmm. a lot of ones from Europe, too, so, and Germany. So I'm not going to 
like hate on it because it was a great CD. And I mean, Slash's guitar playing is always amazing. I saw Slash perform live with Motley Crue. Oh yeah. Uh, ah, you mean like uh, as a as an opening act with Miles Kennedy? No, he um he actually well, it was a Motley Crue Aerosmith concert, and like when okay. Motley Crue came out, like halfway through their set, like Slash just came out and started playing guitar in their songs. Oh, and sweet. I didn't know he ever did that. It, I, it was like back in 2010, 20, it was like back in like 2008, I think. So, cool. I, I mean, it was, I don't know what he was doing professionally at that time because Guns N' Roses yeah. really isn't, they haven't put out uh, that, that was like uh, post Velvet Revolver. And then when he started his solo career with Miles Kennedy, and, and he did yeah. like an, an album where he had like lots of different singers on, on it. I mean, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know it was him at that age, but I saw the yeah. hat, and once, you, once you, everybody knows that hat. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, he like he, he, I think he came out actually during Doctor Feelgood, and like ah, he, cool. he like, he's, he's came out and started playing the guitar on, and I was like, oh, like, and my, and my dad's like, that's Slash, and I'm like, he's like, what the hell is he doing here? <laughs> like, because like my dad's not. I'm like, I have no idea, but then I got distracted because Tommy Lee was rolling around in the cage playing drums, so. Yeah. yeah, I mean, uh, Guns N' Roses and, and Motley Crue have toured together back in the day, and I've, oh, yeah. I've also read uh, Slash's autobiography, and they were getting along like pretty well, like with all the debauchery and, <laughs> and whatnot. So, uh, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I I really read, I read Mot- for him to play with them. I, like, yeah, I, I read Motley Crue's biography, and like they talk about Slash in it as well. So yeah, uh, yeah, they yeah. like. That that book is fucking incredible. I saw <laughs> that first, movie on on Netflix the other. I uh, haven't Netflix. watched the movie. Yeah. yet. I keep I keep wanting to. I just haven't had a chance to yet because I. It's I, not I, bad. It's I, cool. It's it's pretty funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. It it looked funnier from the previews. I mean, and machine. I mean, Machine Gun Kelly is Tommy Lee. I don't know how I feel about that. Like that's part of the reason. Yeah. I no. Yeah. I did. Oh, I, I didn't thought actually it, know it was him. Like, I thought he did a good I, job. Yeah, uh, all the actors did actually. Um, like also the guy from from Game of Thrones as McMars, uh, yeah, he was also pretty cool. Um, and now that you say it, like I actually didn't know um, who Machine Gun Kelly was when I watched that film because it's also like been a year or something, and I only heard of that guy like pr- fairly recently, like when he when he did that embarrassing um, system of a down cover on Howard Stern's show. <laughs> oh, I, I haven't even heard about that. <laughs> yeah, when they go, played Ariel, it's like, oh, man, that, that was I have to, I have to, so I have to bad. I, I got to yeah. do that now so I can see it, but I mean. It's I never, awful. I'm sure it like, is. I, I remember reading reading the comments like so, somebody wrote, um, Eminem destroyed MGK's rap career. And MGK just destroyed his rock career. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna say Eminem already tore him apart. Like, of course he's gonna try something that he can't do. Like, you can't, <laughs> you can't, you can't do System of a Down unless you are System of a Down. Like, that's just the way. Yeah, it is. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Search's uh, voice Which, is ooh. so incredible and, and unique. Oh. It's like like covering an Aerosmith song or a Guns N' Roses song, in for, for that matter. Like these singers. Yeah. They have like such a unique approach and like such a high. They can go into such higher registers, and it's really hard to to cover that stuff. Oh, it is. I mean, I would not wish any rock artist to try to cover like System of a Down. Like yeah. there, there are plenty that try to cover the band I brought today, and some of them can do a decent job, but none of them could ever do it fully either. It's just like 
you, covering songs is just such a hard thing to do unless it's like an older, older band, like from the 70s maybe. And then like if they had a generic yeah. voice, then you can get away with it. But if their voice is anything unique, you're screwed. Right. Like, or you, you just take it and, and like really make it your own. But you have to be yeah. to, to be good <laughs> to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you well, know the, the song um, 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 The Passenger by Iggy Pop? Like this really... Like from the 70s. Did you say Iggy Pop? Yeah, Iggy Pop. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. And there's a cover of that song by Michael Hutchins uh, from In Excess, like the late singer from, from In Excess. And like oh, he took this so pretty um, upbeat song by Iggy with these like uh, forbidden chord progression that's now been used like a million times like uh, over the past couple of decades. Uh, and he, he turned it into like something completely different. Like the only thing that's still the same is the lyrics. Like you, you couldn't even, um, like if you didn't know the lyrics, you couldn't even tell it's a cover. And I think that's like the right approach to do, to do a cover, like really make it your own and maybe change it a bit or even a lot. Um, because otherwise it's just like the original, but with a different singer or like different musicians, you know? Yeah. I mean, we're at, uh, I, I, we're actually going to be doing something with covers in this show in the future. I have an idea for like a special we're going to do eventually, but I'm still working on that. So I'm not going to reveal anything about it now, but what were your top five songs from your album? I'm kind of curious to hear if they match up or not. Like from, from the slash album. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let me just quickly uh, look up the, the track list here. Um, my, my favorite is definitely um, Landslide because I like the um, like the, the, the guitar part. It's, it it kind of goes into a um, ACDC, You Shook Me All Night Long direction. And it's, mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty cool. Then Serial Killer is great. Like uh, that's, that's actually very progressive for, for Slash. And the, the guitar solo is... Um, it's pretty, uh, like, um, like more, like harder to play than than uh, the rest. Then Speed Parade because that's like the heaviest song on the album, and it's pretty cool. Um, and then back to the moment because I'm I'm really a sucker for ballads, and that one's like really tasteful, and I like like the the long outro part where uh, Slash plays a cool melody over the, the regular chord progression. And since I'm a musician, I like I always um, enjoy that the kind of stuff, like unusual arrangements or cool melodic parts in there and production when, when the production is really great. So that would be my top five. Hey, some similar ones, but Chancey, what were yours? Uh, I actually had one honorable mention, which was Serial Killer. Mm -hmm. And then uh, number five for me was uh, Just Like Anything. Oh, yeah. And uh, number four was Back to the Moment. Mm -hmm. uh, number three was The Alien. Uh, two was Ain't Life Grand. And uh, number one was Speed Parade. Yeah, that's that's the lead single. Uh, it was? Really? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the only music video that you can find uh, from, uh, from the album. Interesting. Well, my chancy here, I had an honorable mention as well. And 
my honorable mention was Ain't Life Grand, the title mm-hmm. track. But my number five was Shine, because mm-hmm. that song was incredible. Number four was Been There Lately. I like the I love the lyrics in that, in that song. So number three was Back to the Moment, because like you, I'm a sucker for a good ballad, especially in like something that sounds like 80s rock. So yeah. that was a very well done ballad, and I enjoyed the hell out of it. Number two was Serial Killer, because I didn't expect Number two and number one, I didn't expect these songs to come from this CD, and that's why they're the top two. But Serial Killer is definitely number two. And then, like, I I thought I had a top five at this point, but then I got to the last track on the fucking album, and I was just like, I heard the alien. And well, one, as a paranormal podcaster, I had to fucking love that song. <laughs> and two, I mean, just the his tone of voice when he's singing in that song and like the lyrics to that song and the guitar, everything about that song was just freaking miraculously amazing. And I'm like, yeah. what a way to end a fucking album. Oh my God. Like, I'm like, that's number one. That's number one. So <laughs> like, it was just such a good song. Like, and cool. Serial Killer was too, but I love hardcore rap. So whenever I hear Serial Killer, I've seen, I've heard a lot of rappers do songs called Serial Killer, and like I was kind of <laughs> expecting that almost because that's just what plays in my head when I hear that those words. And what, 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 I mean, I wasn't disappointed by what I heard, but it was just it was different. Like it was different. I mean, it was a good CD, and I I actually did, I thought it was Slash singing. Actually, that's the whole thing because I actually thought it was uh. Slash singing the album because I'm like. Is he actually <laughs> like it's this Slash decided to sing his own album? Like what the fuck? Like and like I didn't know it was a different singer because I I don't think yeah. I ever heard Slash actually speak, so I don't know what he sounds like. But I don't think I have. I could have. It's very possible I have, but I just don't think I have. I'm not much for watching interviews and stuff with musicians. It's just not yeah. my thing. But so I mean, overall though, like I said, it was a good CD and I enjoyed it. It was a good. It was a good. It was a good ride to work CD. Definitely. <laughs> cool. But. I think next uh, we'll go with Chancey's album just because get it out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that that was like Lamb of God. Yep. Oh, that. I, lo- I love I love how he knows that without even being told. Yeah, I mean, since your name is Son of the Morning Star uh, oh, here well, in, in, I, on your profile. I gave it away. Um, like, I gave it yeah, away. Damn it. I kind of <laughs> put one and one together or two and two together. <laughs> I, applaud, <laughs> I applaud that. <laughs> but, Chansey, why did why did you want to bring the city? Uh, honest opinion or honest answer, I should say. Uh, what I did was went and hit shuffle. That's usually what I do. Like, Whenever there's something going on, unless there's like an obvious theme, like on Tuesday where everything came out in the same year, and then uh, other stuff where it's like, oh, well, I can kind of fine tune my selection based on X, Y parameter. Like our I, show, like, I'm sorry, that's, that just released yesterday. Right. I, uh, a lot of times I just go to my, because I use like YouTube music and I have just like a, just a ridiculously long list. So I'll just hit shuffle and whatever comes up first, then I'll just, you know, I'll just throw it out there. And unless it's like, you know, I, Oh, I've got this one in my head and I've been thinking about it and I'm going to do this. Um, so fun, funny thing. Like I hit, uh, 
shuffle and Rammstein came up yeah. and I, I was like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, and then he's like, well, he's German. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to be that cliche. So then I hit, you know, shuffle again and 11th hour came on and I was like, okay, yeah, that's a good, as the palaces burn is a good album. I, I personally like, you know, ha- like both playing guitar and having been in choir from when I was in school and stuff. Um, I really like, especially about heavy metal, how the human voice becomes more of an instrument mm-hmm. than, than, it, than in a lot of other genres of music. Like, you know, the singer, the lyrics and the vocals are very important in all music when it comes to that kind of stuff, If unless it's an instrumental or whatever. But like with heavy metal, for me, the more difficult the, if you want to call it a trick or whatever it is that they're doing, whether it's a guttural or a shrill or a whatever, the more difficult that it is or the fact that if it's just one person doing it, those things really weigh in on my opinion. And Randy, Bri- Randy Blythe has this voice that's just got such a range. And, you know, people talk about singing ranges and they're always talking about melodic singing. But this guy has a range for guttural. Like, he can go from deep, deep guttural, just and just in one single motion, take it up to a high shrill, just from low to high. And that's that's tough to do just singing, not, let alone muscle control, breath control, diaphragm control, everything, all those things coming into play. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go with this one. If I'd have known you weren't as much of a metalhead, you know, I, I would have, I would have probably hit shuffle one more time and saw what I came up with and, you know, went with the best out of three kind of scenario. Well, as the guest, Fry gets to tell you what you think to your album next. Okay. So and no don't hold back. First, yeah. No, yeah. No, I was going to no, say, no, don't, no. don't hold back. No Vaseline. When I first, when I first put on like Ruin, uh, I was actually uh, going for a walk outside and I thought I could just like um, check the album out at first. And then I, I heard like the first three songs and I was already like, oh, sh- shoot, man, this kind of sounds all the same. And it's it's like I, I'm, I'm not really a fan of these like growling guttural um, vocals and, and stuff. So um, but I also didn't just want to like come here and shit on the album because that's that's stupid. So I, I thought, OK, what, what I'll do is because I like. Obviously, like the drums are cool and it's really like the guitars are cool. The arrangements are also pretty cool. And then I thought to myself, okay, well, I just like rate everything like from a lyrical standpoint, guitars, drums and arrangement. Like I I actually took some notes here (laughs) and I I just gave everything like a rating from one to ten. But now here's the thing. When I went through the songs. And I checked out the lyrics, and then I gave it a chance, um, which is why, like the the ratings here, like the numbers, they they go higher and higher from song to song because, like, I figured, wow, especially the lyrics are fantastic, man. This, these are some of the best lyrics I have ever like read. Like this guy, um, he has he really has something to say, and 
there's almost no cliches in there and it's they're they're very um like he's he's very articulate and um pretty interesting um like um approach and also um yeah i i'm i'm always about um i what i i like is 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 um like a different approach to things and and actually seeing that said person like if it's a guitarist a drummer or a singer actually took took uh, their time with with everything and, and put a lot of thought thought into it and so like as the album progressed and i um i listened uh to to the songs they uh, i like them better and better so like my, my favorite songs like my top five are actually all like the the final five songs and the honorable honorable mention would be 11th hour oh nice yeah mm. Well, see, when Chansey chose Lamb of God and I saw that, I was like, oh, God, I checked them out once in high school and I wasn't a fucking fan of them in any sense of the word. Like, I am not a big fan when I can't understand lyrics. Like, it's just, I listen to, <laughs> I, I listen to music for lyrics mainly. I appreciate guitar. I appreciate, I was a drummer in high school, in uh, middle school. So I appreciate drums to some degree because my dad was a drummer too and actually like bands. But, so I appreciate drums. I appreciate I appreciate guitar to a level too because it's a, it's a tick talent to play guitar. I know that, so I appreciate when it's done right. But and it's funny because this CD I didn't realize I started listening to it yesterday is actually the CD I picked up in high school and listened to. Ah. It, it, I, I think I actually bought it at Fye back in the day because I saw the cover and I was like, and I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. And I think it was yeah. like on the clearance. I think it was on the clearance rack for like freaking five bucks. But so, so I was like, sure. And which I should have known. I should have known it was on the clearance track. There's reasons, but I I enjoyed it. And like, same as you, though, Fry. Like the lyrics. That's like yeah. I had. I was. I was listening to it on Spotify. I would always like swipe up to see the lyrics as right. they sing them. And like the lyrics are what do it. I mean, but the shit he's talking about, you can sing it like System of a Down and still like say what you have to say and actually let people hear your words. Like it's just. <laughs> That's my that would theory, have completely. Right? That would have changed the entire dynamic of the sound of the band. That would be a bad thing. No, I, I mean, I mean, I don't. I would have to disagree on that, though. Of course you do. <laughs> well, I mean, well, no, like, like, well, hear me out. You got the like the grit of everything. Like everything has a gritty nature about it, which suits the actual topics being discussed. It talks a lot about the gritty, soft underbelly of life and society and people, yeah. vices. It's if you're singing that, you know, like, oh, will be dead. no, dude, you, you can take that idea and shove it right back into Massachusetts, bro. Keep that shit in the northeast side, man. Uh, I mean, uh, I yeah, but there's the also like there's a middle ground between that and and that, you know. But uh, I can yeah, I can yeah, agree with yeah. that. I and, can and, agree with that. And, like when I when I, yeah. it's called cradle filth. That's the middle ground because you can hear you can understand half of their lyrics at least. Mm -hmm. And like that's the middle ground. Like you do the guttural stuff, but you do like actual singing in parts of the song as well. Like 
Like, I mean, like when, when I read the liner notes and I saw that Devin Townsend uh, produced the album, I knew exactly why it sounded like it sounded. <laughs> Because like, like he is like, he made some of the heaviest music uh, out there. And uh, yeah, that was like, a, he was like the, the right person to, uh, to pick uh, like as a producer. Mm. I mean, I, I overall enjoyed it. I mean, the lyrics especially like, If you're watching yeah. the lyrics as they as the song goes through, like you're kind of like, I get it. I can hear. I can hear because once I if I see the lyrics, I can hear him saying the lyrics. Mm -hmm, But if I don't, mm -hmm. if I don't see yeah. the lyrics, I it sounds like, <laughs> like it sounds like uh, it sounds like all the people on South Park talking when they're all pissed off, like yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, if I if I can't see the lyrics, that's what it sounds like to me, <laughs> but. But I also I really uh, enjoyed the arrangements, especially on on like the final five songs, because it's never just verse, bridge, chorus, and and all that. There's like a ton, a ton of riffs mixed in there. And what I really um, this is something that I have done on a couple of my songs as well, but not to that extent. I like it when you actually have like different sounding verses like also from from an instrumental uh standpoint like there's a different chord progression different like uh riffs different um tempo even and uh, i found that really fascinating so like lots of like all the arrangements here um especially uh like for the the, the final five songs they also have they they always like At least for me, were like an eight out of ten, nine out of ten, and even ten out of ten. So uh, kudos to them for um, for writing such such cool uh, songs from like from from an arrangement point of view. Suck yeah. it, Jeremy. Hey, hey. <laughs> just we'll see. Dude. We'll see about we'll see about that when we get to my CD. There, chance a lot, but Jancy, your CD. What were your top five? Um. So I have one honorable mention for mine. It's uh, in defense of our good name. Oh, that's actually my number one. Nice! <laughs> yeah! My number one was your honorable mention, which is funny as fuck. Um, for me, number five was uh, Ruin. Uh, number four was For Your Malice. Uh, number, th number three was As the Palace is Burn. Uh, number two was Vigil. Oh, yeah. And then That's obviously, also my number two. nice. <laughs> and then obviously, my number one is is Eleventh Hour. For me, the reason that I picked Eleventh Hour is kind of twofold. One, that fucking guitar riff is sick. It's not. It's not easy. Yeah. Like at first, if you play it into the drop D tuning, like if you're at the, it's like I think it's like. 12th and 13th set frets, you know, it's because it's literally just like that. It's 12 and 11. Right. So it goes 12, 11, 12, 11. Da, 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 da. So yeah, it's like 12, 11, 12. So it goes 12, 11, 12. So like on the A string, 12, 11, E string, 12, or D string anyway. It's just like, da, 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 da. it's like, but that's not how they play it. They play it down on the uh, the the D and the A, so it's like when you find that out, you're just like, "Fuck!" That makes it that much more difficult. 
it's always been the opposite for me when I was learning a song. Like I would play the song in the more difficult way only to find out that no, no, they play it in this easy little simple lottie dottie kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, no, oh, yeah. they play it like slick Rick. Uh, no, no, I was just, <laughs> I, I, I didn't want to say lottie da, but you know, <laughs> lottie dottie. but, uh, all right, Fry, as a guest, what were your top five there? Even though we know part okay, of it. like number one, or let's let's go from um, from five to one. So, Blood Junkie is number five because the lyrics, nice. the lyrics and also the drums, like the drumming, is is killer on that that song. Uh, number four, Bootscraper. This is um, like there's three songs where the lyrics got a ten out of ten uh, for me, and Bloodscraper is. Um, one of them because it's it's just so like ah like really nihilistic and and like he's so right like this this song is about people who just do uh what they're told and and just like suck it up to the man every day <laughs> of their lives and and it's it's so it's so cool like like uh, the way he uh he 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 wrote about people like that uh, i really love that uh then uh vigil is no that, that's number two number three is a devil in god's country oh yeah uh, nice like also nice. the lyrics 10 out of 10 great stuff and the guitars as well nine out of ten here for, for me and also pretty great uh arrangement so very solid song then number two is uh vigil uh especially like uh on that song like the uh, that one has my uh, like the guitar parts are my favorite on on that song, and the arrangement. Like uh, I, I like it when when bands uh, mix mix it up and, and try something different um, because I like already told you that's also what I what I'm doing. And uh, Vigil sounds so different from from the rest, which is why I I really liked it. I um, fucking love that. Yeah, it's it's a great song, and uh, number number one is in defense of our good name because like uh, arrangement and and drumming is fantastic, and like also the lyrics and guitars. So, yeah. All right. Well, I didn't have any honorable mentions for your CHNC. Sorry there, but um, I actually had to struggle to think of a fifth song I liked. But number five for me was "As the Palace Burns" because just the guitar intro to that song was freaking amazing. Like. And I do like the lyrics to it because it's very American. <laughs> <laughs> Number four for me is For Your Malice. Because it made me think of Chansey, especially that one lyric, do you taste yourself every time? <laughs> and, I, and like it made me think of Chansey. I'm like, Chansey, what are you into? But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like, I like that part of, of the lyrics also. Like that, that really got me like, whoa, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty bad. <laughs> and like number three was Devil in God's Country. And that's that's the fifth one I actually add to the list because I was just like trying to think of what fifth song to put in. And I was like, you know what? Devil in God's Country wasn't bad. Like I get that this album came out in like I think it was like oh three or something like that. So yeah, yeah. Was, oh, sorry. Yeah. It, it was like right in the heat of like the uh Iraqi Bush war. era. Yeah. Yeah, Bush era. So a lot of bands were putting out music about the same stuff at that point, and like Lamb of God hit it home with this album kind of, but Number two was Eleventh Hour because I love the lyrics. Like, yeah, it made me think of my it made me think of my wife. Like the whole lyric, "My sweet demoness beckons me again and again." Uh, 
You know that song's about alcoholism, right? Yeah, yeah. I also read that on on the lyrics website I do. where I uh, I do I looked up. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh yeah, I do. Oh, okay. Huh. Yeah, and uh, I do call my wife my sweet demoness sometimes, so <laughs> it, it, it works out. I, I feel like Kermit. I feel like Kermit the Frog over here drinking this tea. Like it's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can do the voice better than that. Oh, I, yeah, I can, you know. And number one for me was Purified. Oh, yeah, that's good. Just because the freaking, everything about it was amazing. I mean, the lyrics, the guitar, the drums, they're all, like, that song's just incredible. Like, that was the best song on the CD, in my opinion. And, I don't know, and, man. I almost put Vigil as my number one just because of that. That dramatic drop, dude. I love how it starts off all super clean and mm-hmm. fucking it lull, lulls you into that false sense of security with it. And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're like, War Fathers, I will be John. And then it just fucking hits you in the face. And you're like, oh. Oh. Well, I mean, see, but I've listened to so many bands like this that I know what to expect when I hear that. Like, I know it's coming. Like, it's like when Cradle of Filth starts out a song with like a nice like like musical lyrical like melody in the beginning of the song, and you know like eventually Danes is gonna drop it and be like, like you I know mean, that's their mo. It is. I mean, I mean, Ghost in the Fog is the prime example of that because yeah, just, Ghost Ghost in the Fog, a uh, Gothic romance, fucking like there's so many, there's so many of those songs I, I could think I, of I, off the top of my head. I, I gotta start bringing Cradle Filth on more. I really do, but um, which I almost did for if Chancey actually gave me his CD first, I probably would have. But well, we'll get to that in a second. But actually, fuck it, we'll get to it now. <laughs> the reason I brought my I brought my CD, which my CD is of course Powerwolf's Return in Blood Red, their first actual album they did. say that it's by far not my favorite uh, Powerwolf album by any freaking means. It's a classic because it's the first one and because it's got a lot of amazing songs on it, but it's not my favorite because they were still trying to figure out their shit that time. But it's just Attila's voice is so unique and amazing. Like They were actually just in Worcester, Mass like a month or two ago and I missed my chance to see them on their first tour in America. So because I just didn't have the money to go. And if I go to a concert without my wife, I'm not going to hear the end of it. So, as anybody who's <laughs> married will tell you. So, like, I missed my chance to see them live. And they'll be back, I'm sure, because they sold out every freaking venue they went to. So, I'm pretty sure they'll I'm pretty sure they'll be back at some point. But it's just... Attila's voice is the most amazing... Like, one of the most amazing voices I ever heard. Like, the way he sings. And then I thought about the fact that Fry is actually from Germany after I picked it. Because I've been seeing a lot of these songs from this album on my, like, Spotify like songs playlist, like come up again and again. And that's why I brought it. Cause I just been dying to bring it eventually. And I thought, and are like, they, are they from Germany? 
I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they are. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard a live version of uh, yes. Mr. Sinister um, where Sarah he's Rucken. speaking in German, but he's speaking with a bit of a weird accent. And I thought this could have also been like uh, um, an English speaking guy or like maybe someone from Scandinavia, like uh, mimicking German. I could be I could be butchering this city name, but they're from Saarbrücken, Germany. Okay, cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. So Yeah, they... They were originally part of um, Red Aim. Mm -hmm. They were they were all part of Red Aim originally, and then they the, the four of them decided to go start their own band, and that's where Power Wolf formed. And Attila Dorn's freaking voice though is just like it's almost like a got like a preacher, like a European like preacher singing. That's the cool part because and they do feature like a preacher in pretty much every one of their music videos, like the one. Guy in their bands are pretty like dressed like a preacher for every video, and like it's always about him doing something that preacher shouldn't do. So, <laughs> it's, but I mean, I I love Power Wolf. This is not the first time they've been in this show, and we will be doing a Power Wolf bracket eventually on this show. Don't get me fucking wrong, we will. But it's just that I love Power Wolf, and I don't even remember how the hell I found them. I think I just think I think it was like recommending on YouTube like years ago, and I just heard one song, and I'm like, okay, I gotta listen to all their music. And I did, and I was highly impressed. And I love, I was, I am part German. So, like, I do love German stuff a lot, like food, ah, music. Cool. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, I am. I'm part German. I mean, many, 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 many uh, generations ago. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we left before World War II, thank God. But, but yeah, so, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It Stuff like this just resonates in my soul. And Power Wolf does that. Like, And I like anything that's against religion, and they are highly against <laughs> religion. So that's the other reason is because I'm completely anti-religious, and at least religious as an organization. Yeah, I me problem, too. I, I like, no problem with people. I no problem with people being spiritual or religious themselves. Right, but, right, yeah, yeah. But I would also go, consider myself being kind of spiritual, but I I kind of don't buy the idea of like God one, being yeah. uh, personified, you know, because mm -hmm. that's what most organized religions do like they, they, they personify God and make him vengeful or uh, bitter or, or even like really, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, like, you, like it's, it's weird. Yeah, it is. They, they people abuse it for their power. They abuse yeah, the name yeah. for the power. It's, it's mostly politics more than it, like it has, getting people the, to be enlightened. Since the beginning of it, since the beginning of civilization, you're hundred percent right. Yes. When it was gods, they still used it for politics. So, yeah. I mean, it's just the way it goes in this world. But So, anything that's against religion, like Cradle of Filth or like Power Wolf or Lordy to some degree, too, in the earlier stuff. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, I'm 100% for it. And Power Wolf's just one of my favorite bands, too. Like, I just, I tell his voice, just anytime they come on my freaking, like, library on Spotify, I can't turn it off. Like, And even though the CD's not my favorite, it still has a lot of great hits and it shows where they came from and they evolved into something even greater. But it just, it shows where their roots were and it was very set in the early 2000s as what music was back then. So, but what did you think of them, Fry? Because I'm dying to hear a German man's uh, impression of Power Wolf. Yeah. Like, like to be honest, from, from a lyrical standpoint, I couldn't take them seriously. <laughs> I think it's it sounds mm. pretty corny. Like it's, Yeah, but um, like from a musical uh, standpoint, it's pretty solid. Like um, my my favorite song is uh, Black Mass Hysteria. 
mm-hmm. because like uh especially the the verse riffs are pretty cool and there's a great guitar solo on it and like that's that's always like my thing and i also like the intro and um also like they they also have um all in all like a couple of great arrangements on that album which is which is cool if if you listen to their newer stuff they get even better with that like they get even mm-hmm. they become more of like a in sync unit like with their newer stuff yeah like um trying to think of the newest stuff. i mean it's funny because they have like three or four albums now of just other european metal bands doing their songs like i like like a tribute record like yeah they have they have like they've been releasing them like every year now just different artists from like everywhere in europe doing their songs like it's incredible it's incredible like I mean, if you listen to them, you probably would recognize half the bands on there, at least. I recognize half the bands. I don't even listen to those bands. I just know the names because they're famous European musicians. But mm-hmm. I feel like, uh, I'm trying to think of the one. I can't think of who it is. But uh, the first one they did was the really incredible one because some of the female bands that do their songs, like the female metal bands, like the fe- it, it, these songs sound even better when they're sung by a female. That's just okay. the way it goes. Like, I mean, I don't know. Hearing females sing about like how religion has wronged them, it, it always just sinks in more. Like I don't know why, but it does. I mean, I guess. Well, the only thing I beat that probably is like a little boy singing about it because the Catholic Church and all that over there. But we won't no, I hear you because he he always this, like uh, he's this, going this for a... the higher notes, and uh, that would actually uh, work really well uh, with a female lead singer. Yeah, I forget. I want to say it's Epic. I think Epica does one of their songs, like and like mm-hmm. it's incredible. But like, there's other ones too. I just can't think of who the fuck they are. And some of the names I can't say even because they're like German names and like or Finnish names. I can't even say like the name without like fucking it up <laughs> But Chancy, you've heard Powerwolf before, but what did you think of their premiere album? Well, I came up with five. Good job. I mean, good job. Cookie for you. <laughs> Cookie for you. It was. Uh, I mean, I mean, also, I mean, I having heard them before, I kind of knew what to get into. It. I mean, it. It's not bad. Like you know, like Fry was saying, it's good. It's really good arrangements, but he really kind of hit it on the head with the whole you know not being able to take them seriously, kind of corny. And I never was able to verbalize that because I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was that just kind of pushed me off center with it. Like, because normally, you know, a good band behind something will easily kind of push me across the finish line with it. But it's still like I've always had this tentative relationship with Power Wolf when you bring it on. Same thing with Nightwish and, you know, that, uh, you know, like, I don't know. I'm not like it always reminds me kind of like a doom metal and you know like doom power metal and that's not really my my forte you know forte ball of wax i mean mean, it's it's my forte like power metal is my thing i love power metal like like the the band i brought for tuesday show is power metal basically yeah and i came a lot but yeah i mean i i love power metal like to me it's just what music should be, especially like '80s power metal, '90s power metal, is freaking incredible. Like it's fancy. It's all it's all like songs about fantasy usually, and that's the best part. Like I want to bands like Lamb of God like doing like albums like they did for this 
the one we listen to, like I I like music to escape from reality, not be reminded of it. Ah, yeah, okay. So, I'm I'm exactly the opposite. Like I I love yeah. that I that I personally can identify with, and and even though I'm like in general a big fantasy fan, I, I like Lord of the Rings, and I'm a huge science fiction nerd. Like I grew up on Star Trek, which I still love to this day. Like old school Star Trek, not what they turn it into since 2009, but that's a whole other can of worms. <laughs> Um, no, like and, and uh, I'm really into fantasy, like comic books and all that stuff. But when it comes to music, I'm, I'm more of a like also like gritty and, and, and um, like uh, lyrics that are that a realist that are. Yeah, realist. Right? I mean, yeah. I, I can I can do that. Like I love System of a Down because they're political commentary. But mm -hmm. like, it's just I can't do it every day. Like I need to. Music is an escape from reality. Like when you get when you get out of work and you put on music in your car, you want to escape from the fucking job you just fucking left, and like you want to just clear your head with people singing about random shit. Like I, there are many artists that have done CDs completely about Lord of the Rings that I love those CDs because it's just like it's Blind a true Guardian. <laughs> Blind Guardian. Oh, I almost actually brought them for Tuesday's episode, but mm. I like Blind Guardian. Um, Demons and Wizards did a couple songs about Lord of the Rings as well, and I, like, I brought Demons and Wizards on here, uh, good six months ago maybe. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I love that type of stuff. Like, but it's just, I like reality based music too, but I just can't do it twenty four seven. Like, I need a break. There's enough bad. I don't watch the news because I hate reality. Like, oh yeah, reality, yeah, no, the reality we live in is fucking horrible. I hear you. So, music, video games, TV, it's all supposed to be an escape. Like, I don't want to watch or hear stuff that's going to remind me of the hellscape I delivered on a daily basis as is. And I'm not talking about my family there. I'm just talking about everything else in the world. But, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's just the way it goes. I mean, that's, that's my personal opinion, and that's why a lot of music I pick is more fantasy-based. Like, even Cradle of Filth, like, they, they touch on reality once in a while, but a lot of their stuff is more, like, gothic fantasies. And, like, like a lot of their songs are about sleeping with, succubus and other random creatures of mythology so i mean it's just uh, that's just the way i feel i mean and yeah power wolf was a little corny back then i agree like their lyrics were a little corny but they were going for something and they evolved it into something a little better with their newer cds but let me ask you this chancy out of the, between this cd and the cd i initially bought when uh jamie was on the show months and months ago which one do you like better the one with demons are girl's best friend uh, y y yes. So the other one. <laughs> no, no. That's just kind of like a. Do you like this or do you, is it this one or is it this one? Yes. Like I, I got nothing. I got nothing, dude. Like they're, they're. It's not that they're the same to me because you can definitely tell how. Like your point, yeah, your point that they progressed is definitely they get that point across through that. But it's still kind of like in that thing. Because, like, I almost brought the album that has Omerta on it because of the monologue that Randy does before going into the song. And I don't know if you've ever heard of it or not, but it literally is the, the monologue is uh, whoever appeals to the law against his fellow man is either a fool or a coward. For a wounded man shall say to his assailant, if I live, I will kill you. If I die, you are forgiven. Such is the rule of honor. And then they go into the song. 
and it's like it basically goes into like it just talks about it's not a mafia kind of standpoint although they use the term the the phrase yeah. omerta i was thinking yeah. of that yeah yeah i mean that's it, yeah, say, uh, that was all like that's a mission in the first mafia game so yeah that's the name of a mission in the first mafia game so that's what i was thinking of but it's yeah, it's just basically described in in the novel The Godfather, like in, in yeah, yeah. I yeah. never read, I never read the actual novel. My grandmother had oh, it when I was a kid. Oh, the novel's great. Yeah, I read it. Oh movie. yeah, it's huge. That's why I didn't read it because it's freaking huge. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's always enter entertaining. I mean, I've read some big ass books in my time, but that book was huge. Like I didn't I, I didn't <laughs> want to take it on for a summer because of that. But still, I mean, well, I did find two honorable mentions for this CD because yes, the CD is very corny almost 80s style metal the way it is i i do agree with that and but i like that like to me that's sometimes you just want like good verses and like a repeating course like sometimes you want that like it's just something you could sing along to in a way like i would do powerful for karaoke which i might be doing in a couple weeks so i would do that i'll make sure to videotape and put in the internet for everybody to see but <laughs> and i mean my honorable mentions are actually two of the songs i would consider for karaoke because i can i could do them like some of their songs I couldn't do because they're just too complex, like with the mm -hmm. voice change, that with the vocal changes. But Black Mass Hysteria I could do because that's one of, my, one of my honorable mentions because I do love that song. I mean, even though it's honorable mention because it's just too course driven. But and my other honorable, my other honorable mention is funny because at the end of New Mutants, the movie that came out back in 2018. Oh, you, you actually watched that? <laughs> I did watch it because it was actually not bad. I I didn't think it was bad. As, as I was so disappointed after uh, X Men uh, Apocalypse that I stopped watching the Fox X Men movie. If it, if you like horror at all, it's actually yeah. not a bad superhero. It's like actually the one of the first good superhero horror movies. Okay, like it, it, I thought so at least. And, and if you if you read the New Mutant but comic books like I have been for the last fifteen years, like yeah. you know the characters and they actually do the characters it's... very well. That that's true, but I do have to say, Fry, before you go to watch it, yeah, it it's okay. Okay, like it's it's not it's not. I mean, it's I'm not, not I'm above. Not, it's not over. It's not over the top, but it's really not. It's not the shits either. It's not the drizzle. It's I not mean, the drizzling shits by any I, means. But I'm not. Say, I'm not saying it's as bad as like. I'm not saying it's as as good as like X two or X Men, but it's yeah. definitely. It's better than X Men Apocalypse. I'll put that out there. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's that's not hard to do. <laughs> uh, I I actually didn't mind actually Apocalypse too bad. I thought they did Apocalypse decently, but I mean they could have done it. Nah, better, like but... when when you like Apocalypse, the Apocalypse from the comic books or even the, you, the TV show, like he was see, like you, a real menace. Well, like you 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 can't you can't do that Apocalypse on a movie. That's the problem. It had to be yeah, not if like... you're if you're Fox or Brian Singer, but if you're Marvel, no. yeah, no shit. <laughs> I mean you. you to, to really do Apocalypse right in the movies, you'd have to do it like over a trilogy and have them grow oh, yeah, each movie yeah. and get better. Like Apocalypse right, is yeah. that kind of villain. You can't just do yeah, it over one movie. He's like a but, Thanos. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. It has to be build up. Right. Not just, I'm back from the past and I'm going to take over the world. Like, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, the animated series is the best definition of the best Apocalypse ever. Yeah. Because they, yeah. they did him great in that. But they gave him some background uh, story. and Exactly. You need background for Apocalypse. You can't just be like, in the beginning of the movie, like, oh, he tried to take over Egypt and ancient Egypt, and then they just and then they stopped him. Like you, you got to yeah. build up. There could be a whole ancient Egypt movie about him, like literally. Yeah, yeah. But, like, or maybe a, a short series, and then you introduce him in in the movies or something like that. Marvel, take notes. Yeah. Disney, yeah, Disney maybe Plus they, series they do for that. Apocalypse. Yeah, I mean, 
it's probably it'll probably take another 10 years until they're there you know first they have to introduce the mutants themselves and which deadpool that'll 3, take a while. deadpool 3 is doing that but no they uh, he just uh they just had to use uh to reuse Hugh Jackman because they're contractually obliged to Oh. Have the same actors in in their mutant roles until 2025, oh, which is well, why uh, but, Patrick Stewart oh. was also playing Xavier, well, Andy I mean, and McKellen. But they, oh yeah, they, they they should though. I mean, I'm all for them keeping the X Men cast in the original three movies. I am. Yeah, all like for Hugh Jackman that. is now way too old for that. Like Wolverine he's in his 50s now. They can dye his hair. Wolverine doesn't age. But yeah, but like like from from a physical standpoint, it's really hard. Ah. On him. I get a stunt double. I'm sure he has one, but <laughs> I mean, and well, okay. The whole the whole point of this uh, detour here was yeah. By the yeah, honorable mention, should have been played during the end credit scene of uh, New Mutants, because my other honorable mention is Mister Sinister. Yeah, and I mean, the, he's he's from the comics the, as well. That, that, <sighs> Don't get me started on Nathaniel Estix. All right, come on. There's dude. There. He's one of the no, best. No, they're never the gonna. Ever. Uh, dude, I'm not disagreeing with that, but I'm saying that if they ever try to do that, they're never going to get it right. There's no, like, whether it's Disney or, you know, Fox, they're going to fucking shit the bed. Like, there's so much, there's so much nuance and, like... All they need is the right actor. All they need is the right actor. No, no. Also, make it it R-rated. Oh yeah, and that's that, the problem with with Marvel uh, with like Disney Marvel. And then on top of that, Deadpool three. You would also. They're saying a president. Yeah, but I'm saying like, much like Apocalypse, he would need a multi movie. You know, TV series. Give give all the X Men villains TV series before you put them on. I mean, don't give one. To, cool. Don't don't give one to Mojo and Arcade, obviously, but give it to the good villains. Yeah. Right. I mean, even Mojo. Give Mojo. Give the Mojo verse a fucking TV show because it'd be funny. But that's what I'm saying. Like, give Mojo and Longshot their own show. Which at one point, Longshot was supposed to have a show. But as I, long as that, they don't fuck it up like they did with Modoc. Um, yeah. Oh Jesus I, Christ! <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are you talking Modoc cartoon or Modoc Ant Man Quantumania? No, no, Ant Man Quantumania. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, I'm like the cartoon wasn't bad. The cartoon yeah, was yeah, pretty good. I haven't seen that, but I heard. I heard oh. uh, good things about it. Patton Oswalt. It's, it's Patton Oswalt, right? Yeah. Pat, Pat, yeah. Patton Oswalt is an amazing voice actor for Modoc. Like, yeah. amazing. And they did it like Modoc trying to have a family at the same time and everything, too. It's amazing. Like, they did such, Hulu did such a good job with that shit. Like, I wish they gave Kevin Smith his Howard the Duck show he was supposed to get. But moving on. <laughs> yeah. Because I could do a whole show about Marvel. But no, my number you five should. was I. <laughs> It's been in the works for a long time. I'm working on getting there. But number five was Son of the Morning Star. Because mm-hmm. it's not even really a song, but I love the idea of it. Like, I love, like, the whole, I, the idea of, like, the back mytho- mythological story to Lucifer, I love. Like, um, Paradise Lost, I love that fucking book. I love that. Any audiobooks I've heard of that, I love the iterations they do of it. Like, it's an amazing story. And, like, the way that Power Wolf does it is good too. Because number five is Sun and the Morning Star. Number four is The Evil Made Me Do It, which I know is a Judas Priest cover, but still, like, it's they did a good job on it, I think. Attila did a really good job with the vocals on it. 
Number three is Montecore, because I love that song. Like, I love the guitar. I love the, the vocals on it. And I th- if I'm not mistaken, it's about a fucking it's about a famous tiger attack in like an Indian city. Oh. I think it's what I think it's what it's about. If I'm not mistaken, I could be thinking of another song. I'm I could be mistaken, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. So like it's pretty cool the way they do it. But and then number two kind of ties into number five because it's Lucifer and Starlight. Because that was one of the first songs I ever heard by Powerwolf too was that one, and it's just like Lucifer and Starlight. Like I anything to do with Lucifer, like the idea of like the mythological story. Like I love it. Like it's just and I love like how in the beginning how it's like the kind of like the cicadas and it's like that creepy noises and it's just like something if I heard when I was a kid it probably would have scared the shit out of me but like Cradle Felt did the first time I heard him but and number one of course is We Came Take Your Souls because I that song um, Dead Boys Don't Cry Vampires Don't Die like I love when Powerwolf does those type of songs where it's like yeah it's a corny fucking 80s rock song basically but it's a good one though. That's the thing. Like it's, it's, it's topics I like, and it's just the way Attila sings it is perfect. Like, and I think we came take your souls is actually one of the songs that another artist we did for them because they've done like four of those albums now. They have a fifth one coming out, and it's just like because people people love Powerwolf. Like Powerwolf has a huge following in Europe, especially in America. They're getting huge too now because they've been selling out every concert, but. In Europe, they're freaking amazingly huge because, I mean, I've seen videos of their concerts. Their concerts are freaking, like, when they perform at Wacken and stuff like that, it's just, like, a huge crowd, and, like, they're all loving it. I mean, especially the fact that they all put on, like, their wolf skins and go out there and, like, howl between songs and shit. Like, it's just, they play the theatrics of it, which is what I like about bands, is when they play theatrics. That's why I like Cradle of Filth. I saw them live in 2009 as well. That's why I like, that's why I like, um... No, Nightwish doesn't really do theatrics like that. But um, other bands like that, like even Guar, like with a chance. Uh, I was going to say, if you don't say Guar, I'm going to fucking lose a goddamn gasket, dude. I was like, yeah. if he doesn't say Guar, I'm going to fucking lose my shit. I swear like, to God. Like, like, like when Chanty introduced me to Guar, I actually watched videos of like some of their concerts and stuff and like the stuff they do on stage. I, I mean, I didn't get I didn't get squirted with no fake dick like Chanty did, but. <laughs> Te- technically i didn't either i was it was kind of like a secondary you know splashback you still got to come on you but you still took his fluid buddy but um <laughs> yeah chance he happened to be behind the only girl in the concert so he kind of knew what it's happened. yeah so like <laughs> well, okay 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 if we're gonna do it let's do it right so like i'm at the show and he has this giant fucking cod piece is what it is. And it's got like a hose and they squirt all the fake semen out of it. And, and, uh, he always, you know, like, it, like I'm looking around as he's coming out and I look and in front of me are these two extremely short people. So like, technically you could say I'm into the third row, but really I'm kind of like the second row because they're so fucking small. It's just like a giant window for me to watch the whole show. And I'm looking and I notice that she's the only girl in the front row because like she was on the rail and her boyfriend was behind her and I'm standing there behind them. And I'm just kind of like, oh, this isn't good. Like, this is not going to be good. And he's like, who wants me to come on their face? And she's all like, (laughs) and he just fucking unleashes the fury, right? And it's just hitting her, 
And it's just, you know, up over and back. So like up over and back. And then I'm like right here. So I'm just like, I just got to go like this. I'm like, it isn't real. It isn't real. It's not real. It's not real. I could, oh, I couldn't duck. It was one of those things where everybody's all kind of crammed in because everybody's trying to crowd. Everybody's crowding the rail. So like (laughs) I'm standing there and it's just like, I just got to cover up. So I'm not getting it on my glasses because like. I can't wipe my fucking glasses off. <laughs> and the whole time I'm like, this isn't real. It's not real. It isn't real. The dude's joke. He's like, Odorous came on my girlfriend. It's like, dude, like, that's cool. But like, shit, don't be so fuck like, fuck, man. Well, oh, they, they, they know how all the juggalos feel when the juggalettes go into Violent J's van. But well, she's been catching some heat for that lately, actually. But because, you know, supposedly he's supposed to check ID before they go in his van, but, you know, no rock star does that. So why would he? I don't know why they wouldn't. That's just stupid. Because <laughs> he's been doing the same thing that since the fucking early 90s when he didn't have anybody with him, like, to check, to do, to, like, be security. Like, if they want to come on the bus, he's not going to say no. Same as any. You think Ozzy Osbourne said no until Sharon came around? Yeah. Ozzy Osbourne probably couldn't say anything until <laughs> Sharon came around, all right? Well, and at I mean, least yeah, intelligibly. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, well, no, that's, I don't think that's true, at least in the beginning. But, I mean, I mean, in the Motley Crue book, he they, they toured with him in England, and he was walking around in a sundress, pissing everywhere. Yeah, yeah I mean, he that's... does that in the movie as well, and he's he snorting yeah. ants. <laughs> snorting ants, snorting piss. Yeah, dude, it's... Yeah. yeah. And then, like they, talk, they actually talk in the book about how Sharon came along and like dragged him off the street, but basically, but it's uh, it's it's a whole thing with Ozzy. But all right, Fry, as a guest, what are your top five for power? All right, uh, honorable mentions first, uh, Son of the Morning Star, because it's mm-hmm. like also it's a different approach, which I like. It's also like pretty cheesy, but um, I like the yeah. the piano on it, and and it's a different vibe from from the rest of the album, which I enjoy. Uh, number five, uh, Kiss of the Cobra King because of the solo part. It's a great Ooh, solo. Oh, somebody redid that too. I can't remember who it is. Uh, I got to look it up now because that's interesting. But I see that's a song I'm actually not a huge fan of. But uh, who did that? Uh, don't mind him. Just keep, I was going to say, don't <laughs> mind him. Just keep going. I'll find yeah, it. Maybe, don't worry. Yeah, you'll find it out in the meantime. Um, number four, Lucifer and Starlight, because it's mm-hmm. the most impressive singing, like especially the chorus. And I like the, the tremolo guitar in the intro and in the interlude. Uh, I always like the, um, the surprising stuff uh, on a record and stuff that's um, out of the ordinary. And that, like, especially the, that guitar part uh, caught my, my ear, so to speak. Uh, number four, Mr. Sinister, because the arrangement is cool and it's kind of catchy, you know, uh, like a pretty catchy chorus. It is. Yeah. Um, number two, Montecore, because it's it has a great riff and, and great chord progressions and the overall song structure is also pretty cool. Uh, and then number one, Black Mass Hysteria, uh, yeah, because of the 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 solo as well and like the uh the guitar riffs especially in the intro and verses well, yeah yeah see black master terry that's the thing like i'm a big fan of like the iron maiden like when they do like the like 
I don't know what to call it, but like almost like yodeling, but like kind of like <laughs> like the bellowing kind of sound they do, and like yeah. Iron Maiden did it, and like a lot of bands I like do it. But I mean, and like almost like the monk chanting type stuff, like that's what when Powerwolf does that, it's freaking incredible. Like that's one of the things I love about them. But um, and I I did find it, and it's uh, Kiss of the Cobra King was redone by Chris Harms from Lord of the Lost. Mm-hmm. And from and from Die Creator and Harms and Capel, like he's from a lot of bands, but mm-hmm. he's the one who re- he redid it on one of their uh, cover track cover albums they did. Ah, cool. And he actually, yes, you actually should check it out because it's it's a little more metal even the way he does it. Okay, can you send me like a link to it? I uh, yeah. Like maybe in the chat here. Uh, I'll send I'll I'll send it here right on Instagram. Ah, cool. Yeah, I'll check it out later. Yeah, but I mean. So yeah, I mean, see, I I wanted to bring Powerwolf again, but I didn't. I didn't want to bring like one of their newer albums. I like, I'm like, if I'm gonna keep bringing them on, I have to bring something like want their first album. I have to, I have to honor them and their first album. Like that's what it is. Like, because I could have brought, I could have brought Bible of the Beast. I could have brought a lot of better albums, but. I think I have to check out one of their later albums now, since you you said that I, they I, definitely I, progressed in, in like uh, some form. I recommend um, either the album I brought on the original time, the first time I brought them on the show, "Sacrament of Sin," or "Call of the Wild." Those are the okay. two newest. Those are two. Those are like two of their newest um, actual albums, because they've been do, they've been doing a lot of albums where it's lives or people covering their stuff lately with COVID and everything. Mm-hmm. So. But Sacrament, Sacrament of Sin is my, one of my favorite albums of theirs. It's what it just came out when I got into them, and I really got it really got me into that album. Like it really did. Like before that, they were like just another band I liked. That album launched them over the top for me. Like Demons Are a Girl's Best Friend is one of the best songs I've ever heard. Yeah, it sounds cool. And their their music videos, like that's what really got me into them too. Is their, their music videos are freaking incredible. Mm-hmm. And like just the way Attila literally walks through the videos and just like sings and like. Just like he, it seems like he's barely putting any effort into singing like that. It's like, how do you sing like that without putting effort into it? Like, it's some of it's almost operatic in a way, like Nightwish does. But I mean, that's just the way I feel. But well, we covered all three CDs. And what, Chancey, you think we didn't? I didn't give my. Oh, top you didn't, five. Yeah, yeah, you didn't give yours. Fuck. Yeah. I was going to say. I, no, I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll just go fuck myself. It's cool. <laughs> well, uh, well, as long as you teach yourself afterwards, Chancey. I mean, you, yeah. you already said you picked five, so let's... I know, right? I, I got five, you know? <laughs> Shit, yeah. like, oh, fuck. Uh, he's all like, oh, we went over them all. It's like... Okay. I saw your what? face. I, was like, I, was, I saw your face. I'm like, what? I forget? I'm like, oh, and then like, halfway through my sentence, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, if I, if you say that and I'm looking at you sideways, odds are I haven't went. <laughs> yeah, I, I got into it pretty fast because I was like, "Oh, wait a minute." Well, I'm gonna finish what I'm saying, then the chance you have his little outrage, then I'm go. Uh, it's not much of an outrage. Um, so for me, number five was "Son of the Morning Star." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of funny because between both of your guys' top five, that's pretty much most of my top five. Uh, like mm-hmm. I said, number five is "Son of the Morning Star." Uh, number four is the evil made me do it. Uh, number the uh, for the most part, there's a lot of us that matched like dead on. Uh, number three was uh, demons and diamonds. Nobody actually had mentioned that uh, one. See, I, I that would have didn't... almost been an honorable mention for me. 
Almost. I, yeah. I, I did. I, I, when I listened to the CD yesterday, I didn't remember that song even. Like that was just one of the songs that like got swept underneath. It never comes up on replay on like my library. I don't know why. Hmm. Uh, number two was Lucifer and Starlight. Yep. And then uh, number one was We Came to Take Your Souls. So everything except number three, we matched. Yeah. Like, ah, see, We Came to Take Your Souls, like, like just, I love it. Because the, the way he sings the chorus and then, like, they hit the guitar as soon as he hits that last note, like, they blast him with the guitar again. And it's just like, oh, like, mm-hmm. Like, to see them live would be, like, one of the greatest concerts I've ever been to, probably. Like, it just would be, like. Right up there with Cradle of Filth, right up there with Nightwish, right up there with Insane Clown Posse. Like, because you do want they to talk tour, Do they tour the states often? No, they just did it for the first time this year. Oh, they they literally have they toured Germany like crazy, but okay, they, and they and then and they do all the festivals all summer long in like Europe, but because that's one thing you guys are lucky about is you guys have a shitload of festivals in Europe. We don't have that here. Yeah, but they get more and more expensive, and it's so hard to like uh, even afford them. It's well, it uh, is, like, it is especially like the the bigger ones. It's it's ridiculous now. Like uh, I stopped going to to the big festivals like 15 years mm. ago. Because uh, I mean, I mean, yeah, it is like America then. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And nowadays, Try like that. all the major labels, they discovered this thing called dynamic pricing now, which is like when uh, once. Uh, tickets are are uh, being sold, and there's a huge run for for them. Uh, they uh, they put up the prices right away, and I think they're now kind of digging their own graves by doing that, because like yeah. uh, most people can't afford to to go to these like big events there, anymore. But there's always enough people that will, and there's always enough Americans that will fly over there and pay the ticket prices to go. Because there's these probably. There's these spoiled American teenagers and 20-something-year-olds who have mommy and daddy's credit card and will go pay to go to Europe and watch these bands play, like in a festival. Yeah, but for I how long? <laughs> well, the way American rich families go until they die. Like, they don't, <laughs> American, American wealthy families don't go away. They stay around forever. Like, they've been around for generations. That's just the way it goes. But that's why they're rich. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's basically the same here, but... Um... I think like like projections for independent music and independent um, also independent uh, concerts are far more um, optimistic than they are for mainstream or major oh. label stuff. Look, I mean, look at the whole fucking Taylor Swift thing in America lately. Like where like she broke Ticketmaster because of how high the prices were for her concert and people trying to like afford it. Like mm. she. Like everybody went to Ticketmaster to buy her tickets, and like they found out how much they were, and they're like, "Oh fuck that!" Like, like the diehard fans, I'm sure, found a way to pay for it, but still, like, yeah. If you're charging, I mean, I like to use Insane Clown Posse as my reference here because they still charge like 30, 40 bucks a ticket. Like they never go up. Wow, and how, they, how are they doing that? Because they're they're independent. They run their own label, so they run but, their own label. Like, for, I mean, 20, back in the day, years, even yeah. like like Pearl Jam tried to um, like to go against Ticketmaster, and they they lost because they have such a huge like lobby and an influence, and like even uh, independent artists have to to kind of work with them. No, I wonder how um, they're they're doing that. I I mean, they sell through their they sell through their own. Um, I mean, there are other there are other sources in America at least other than Ticketmaster to get tickets. I mean, I was looking at I was looking at a. Sticks a sticks concert recently, and mm -hmm. a um, 
Alestorm concert. That's on my birthday, actually, which I'd love to see them live. But um, and it, I went to one website and it was like ninety, hundred dollars a ticket. I mm. went to the actual official website and it was like 30, 40 bucks a ticket. Wow. You if if you go through the venue, especially if it's a smaller venue, they usually have mm. a lot a lot of cheaper ticket prices. Like yeah, because like they're not the mark they don't have the markup that Ticketmaster or pay or <sighs> stub whatever the fuck it is has like it's it's if you go through the venue it's usually cheaper and i mean so that's just that's the way i've seen it at least and because i mean i was looking at a concert this year i want to go to but i got kids so i don't get to go anywhere anymore because no one wants to watch the kids so and if i go without my wife unless i'm going with like work a work buddy or something then she's not going to be down for it because she's mm. gonna be like oh, oh you're saying go there and hook up with all the women i'm like yeah <laughs> I'm just such I'm such a Tom Cruise lookalike that I can just <laughs> right, you know. It's just, ugh. but it's, uh, I mean, but Insane Clown Posse is always cheap tickets because they've been that way forever and they're not going to change because they want their fans to be able to afford to come to their shows. And That's great. That's a great, a great approach. Which I don't know if they tour Europe. They I think they used to, but I don't think they do it that much. They do it once in a while. I think they just did one. If I'm not mistaken. They're they're not as big uh, over here as they're uh, they. The US. They used to be. They used to be. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, yeah. back in the day, yeah. Because, I mean, we had a guy from England on the show, a comedian, a stand-up co comic from England on the show. And, yeah. like, he was like, oh, yeah, I was a juggalo when I was younger. Like, and I was like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, because I brought, like, a Twisted CD. And he was like, and like, I didn't expect him to know who Twisted was. And he's like, they sound like Insane Cloud Boss. I'm like, you know who Insane Cloud Boss is? And you're from Europe? What? <laughs> <So I'm> like, <laughs> I mean, if, well, if you consider England, Europe, I, I, it's debated, I know. But. Yeah, I mean, it's it pretty much. Is. I don't. I was gonna say I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, it may be its own island. island. Exactly, they're not they're their own island, basically. Like, so then what? Hawaii's not a part of the United States because it's a fucking island. Are you fucking kidding me, dude? I'm pretty sure they don't want to be, but yeah, they way. <laughs> it's, it, it's not about what they want. All right, it's about well, what it is. We we made that pretty damn clear in the early 1900s when we went there and pretty much said you're part of us now. But yeah, but I think like culturally it's still very much uh, different, isn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, they God, they yeah. kept a lot. They kept a lot of their culture for sure. Yeah. Which is a good thing because their culture is amazing. I mean, as a absolutely on the paranormal side alone, their culture is amazing as well. But I mean, that's the that's the side of their culture I know the most is the paranormal side, and mm -hmm. it's incredible. It's incredible, and they. I just watched the bounty recently and they actually go to like uh islands near to Hawaii and stuff and it's just the culture over there is always amazing and all those islands. But they you all... got a pretty pretty nice view uh at space over there in the in the mountains. Yeah. Just don't take any rocks or anything from the volcanoes. That's all I can say cuz bad things happen if you do. I've heard enough stories. Oh. But the the spirits in Hawaii don't like people taking things from the island. And taking them back yeah. to the mainland. I mean, I, I so. wouldn't do that out of respect for, for like the the culture. Anyway, I mean, people think they take a rock like that, like a rock from a volcano that like they take like a little rock and they think it's not gonna be a big deal. And then yeah, it's it's like it's like freaking taking a picture of Robert the Doll. Like you're you become haunted almost. So, <laughs> but so now we have finished all three CDs, right, Chancy? I believe so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which brings us to the end of this episode, which it's been a good one. We hit an hour and a half, and when that happens, it's always a great episode. So, Oh, for sure, man. Oh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
and it's yeah and to get a german musician on is amazing and for anybody who watches this video and replay over the next week or so be sure to listen to the podcast because it'll be it'll be beginning and ending with one of fry's songs oh cool so oh yeah you might want to get you might want to get permission from the artist i don't know <laughs> no absolutely i i didn't know uh, <laughs> <laughs> i like it that's, that's cool I, I do i ask i don't ask permission to fucking like Nightwish and Insane Clown Posse to end the song. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, but the, the difference is, is the difference is, is that this artist is willing to speak to you. I mean, I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure which artist wouldn't want would. which artist wouldn't want their music to be played? Like it's it's good promotion. <laughs> no, you can't play my music. I don't want people to listen to it. It's not the artist usually; it's the label. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm an independent royalties. Artist. Yeah, because that. I mean, I. I happened to do karaoke at the end of one of my uh, paranormal shows of um, Styx's Come Sail Away. And next thing we know, Universal Music Group took down the video. Yeah. I mean, nowadays, with everything being tracked, they would get their percentage anyway. So uh, it's also good promotion for them. And like, if it's on YouTube, they get paid either way. So I don't understand why they block block videos because of that. It's, it's ridiculous. I mean... I don't get it. It's people showing love for the bands they represent. You should be right. appreciative of that. But sure, whatever. Companies are going to do what they're going to do. That's the bottom line. Yeah. But we were happy to have Fry on because it's been an amazing episode. And we got to experience his music today, too, which was awesome. And I actually add all your music to my liked list on Spotify. So it plays in my repeats. So sweet. Yep. Same. Yeah. So. Like, it's been so cool talking to you guys. And um, like, if you ever do like some of that nerdy stuff that you were talking about, like, like a comic book episode or something, count me in because I'm all, all about that stuff. I have, nice. I, <laughs> yeah. nice. I, I've had an idea for a show for a while and it might come to fruition eventually. I've been busy lately with work and whatnot, but, and dogs that need expensive surgeries, but <laughs> I will definitely be working on getting there eventually as our platform of podcast grows. But Hopefully we can get you back on this show even someday. Someday, yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah, we're sure. we're booked out till end of June or July at this point. But well, we'll definitely get you back on. We're start, we're starting to be able to have repeat guests here and there, so we can definitely do Sweet. it. But yeah, that's your music, great. of course. And to all to all of the fans of the Musers, we'll be back on our regularly scheduled night on Tuesday with. The guest name escapes me at this moment, but <laughs> why am I even saying that when I have it in front of me, basically? Yeah, I was going to say, why didn't you just look it up, dude? Because <laughs> I had something else. Shit. Right now, but we'll be back with CJ Plain, who is another musician, but as a lot of our guests are going to be coming up, but and he decided to bring Seldweller to Seldweller. Seldweller, yeah, that's what it is. I, keep, I, I see. Yeah, like this is like the third time I looked at that name and I couldn't put it together until like a second after I said it. <laughs> but Seldweller will be coming up. He decided to bring on, and we came back at him with Camelot and the Melvins. The Melvins, ooh, which man. I never heard. I never heard of. So Chancey's like, okay, I'm definitely bringing that. That if you never heard of it, but ah, that's a great band. I, Fuck yeah, dude, that's awesome. I was googling them, so I, I mean, yeah, I figured they might. I've seen the love for them, so I gotta check them out. And their album cover intrigues me. But I actually almost brought them for this Tuesday. 
with the or with the with all that grunge. Uh, but well, so we will be back on Tuesday with CJ Plain, who is very much looking forward to the show. And until then, though, we want to thank Fry one more time for coming on. It's been awesome, and we will catch you guys next time. Say goodbye, Chancy. Uh, aren't we going to tell them where they can find us? Starting with our guest. See, are you ha- are you having a fucking stroke, dude? <laughs> I if dude, I've been in a fucking animal hospital for like every night after work for like four or six hours. Yeah, so okay, you've been in like a, you've been in you've been in an animal hospital, but you haven't been in a fucking morgue, dude. Come on, <laughs> it feels like it. It fucking feels like it. But Fry, where can they find your music? And where can they find you? <laughs> Well, you can find my music basically on every uh, streaming service and then on YouTube. So if you just uh, look up my name, Fry McDunston, uh, you can you can find it pretty much everywhere. I'm also on Instagram. I'm not on TikTok because uh, I'm not feeling it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also on Facebook. Well, maybe you should give TikTok a chance. The users have almost a thousand likes on uh, TikTok, but... Or TikTok is making us grow. Yeah, but, but it's but so addictive. Eh, not really. I, it, I, mean, I, it's, I, I don't. I don't look at it like I don't recreationally look at TikTok. I just basically like whenever Jeremy throws up a short, I just repost it and then just get the fuck out of there. Just like yeah, I mean, it's kind of. <laughs> I I use it. I use it like a porn substitute sometimes, but. That, that's Jesus basically what Christ! That's, that's basically that's basically what it is, dude. That's what most it's of, for. <laughs> most of it is with women like freaking doing the mirror thing, where they swipe the mirror three times, then all of a sudden they're in a bikini or bra and panties or some shit. Like, and it's all women showing off their bodies half the time. So that's cool. And it, it also yeah, I mean. cool, it also is a cool source for paranormal videos of people like uh, getting EVPs and videos of either Sasquatch or Loch Ness or something like that. Like, there's some cool clips of that shit on there too. So. It has its benefits, and I mean, if you get turned on by Loch Ness, then you got two and one, so there you go. But good old Nessie, she's got a long neck. But Chancy, where can they find you? Uh, you know, the Book of Faces. Um, my Instagram and my TikTok is uh, the Red Eye Roundtable. Uh, Twitter is Red Eye Table. Um, you know, the, the depths of the void. You know, just chilling. Doing the thing. And ladies and gentlemen, that was Fucker for our weekend edition. But you can, of course, find both of us on Facebook as Paranormal New Normal slash Maniacal Music Musings podcast group. New name coming soon. Need to work on that. Uh, <laughs> you, you, can find, you can find us on Twitter and the gram as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast. Or uh, at Juggalo Bastard. And then you can find us on Tiki Talkie as at Juggalo Bastard Podcast where all our shorts are uploaded and full episodes are uploaded too in parts as well. Because I have so many episodes of this show, do I don't get to put my paranormal show up there ever, which we need to start working on that. But but you can also find us on YouTube as Maniacal Music Musings, where this podcast is being streamed right now. And until next time, say goodbye, Chansey. Goodbye, Chansey.